Peter Johansson, how do you tell a patient that he or she has Alzheimer's disease? Well, most cases, they actually do have a hint. Uh, they have been through some investigations. The diagnosis doesn't come uh, without any investigations. Uh, so uh, my personal experience with this is very much uh, to actually explain uh, the investigations that have been ongoing, uh, conclude on each of them, and then have the conclusion. Welcome to podcast number two out of three on the Alzheimer's journey. I'm Mitteveste Vistagård. Today we'll take you from the first visit to the GP through testing and scans and on to the diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease. Welcome Peter Johansson, International Medical Vice President at Novo Nordisk, Medical Expert on Cognitive Neurology and Neurodegenerative Disorders and former leader of the Memory Clinic in Rigshospitalet in Copenhagen, Denmark. And also welcome to you, Kim Sunesen, the husband of Lune, who was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease two and a half years ago. How is Luna currently doing? She's doing quite well, I would say. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we are no more longer married. She's living on her own with uh, a seven-seven split with our kids, so she's having the, the kids there uh, half the time. She's having good and bad days for sure, but she is uh, working well socially, and and uh, the rest we can handle for her. Uh, but as long as she's uh, in a good mood and being happy. Uh, this is what we collect, good days. That is the main thing. The collection of good days. Exactly. Also, welcome to you, Ida Marie Lind Glaven, anthropologist, soon to be PhD, working on the thesis betitled Loss and Belonging, Life with Alzheimer's Disease, and also a part of the NGO, the Danish Alzheimer Association, where you have met numerous freshly diagnosed patients and their families. Would you say there is a typical reaction to the message you have Alzheimer's disease? For most part, I would say that it comes as a, as a shock, but still the, the diagnosis itself is a shock because, of course, you have to change thinking about what, what will come now. Feeling depressed and sad and worried about what will happen and then also just uh, having to deal with a lot of practical issues concerning your like your future and in terms of law and perhaps you have children your marriage yeah so it's it's a very confusing time and and most of them that i have followed have just explained it that 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 it feels like falling into a black hole and not really knowing how to get out from from there Kim Sunesen, initially five years ago when you started uh, this journey with Luna did she Uh, want to go to the doctor at all with her symptoms? Mm, yes. Of course, this disease was not on the radar at all. Uh, we had a, a stressful period and, and we thought this was a, a thing uh, in in that connection. Uh, so, uh, yes, it was not a problem actually to to get her to go to the doctor. Luna, who is now your ex-wife, had been forgetting things, repeating stories, And now it was time to go to the doctor. What did you say to the doctor? At that time, she explained her, um, how she felt her brain was this this uh, dry sponge that she was the best way she could uh, explain it. And then, of course, uh, we also explained that she was forgetting things and, and uh, let's say, our own little diagnosis that perhaps this was a stress issue. So this was the, the, the exam that started uh, based upon that. Peter Johansson, Luna was very young for an Alzheimer's person. She was she was only 48 when she first went to the doctor. 
which of course has an impact on the process that she went through. It took quite a while for her to get to the diagnosis. What are the hypotheses that you go through in the process of diagnosing uh, Alzheimer's? There are several different steps. And of course, in the younger age, often for the physicians and the primary care physicians, then uh, this is not on the radar. This is not a thing that you think about. And therefore, maybe you don't even order the right uh, investigations uh, to have it assessed. So it very much also depends on uh, on who you talk to the first time, whether you actually get in the right direction. And Luna was also diagnosed with uh other diseases before you actually reached uh, the Alzheimer's diagnosis. Right now, I want to uh, show you a clip from the series of seven films called uh, The Alzheimer Journey, produced by Nuve Nordisk. And in this clip, our main character, Linda, and her husband, David, they've reached the point where they have decided to consult their GP upon having noticed symptoms of memory loss. And they're at his office here. I think I will refer you to a specialist in a memory clinic, right. uh, and they will do some further tests, uh, maybe some blood test, uh, and maybe a scan uh, ah. too of the brain. So you will hear from them, them, and after that, I would like to meet you again. Mm-hmm. So uh, please make an appointment uh, with my secretary. Should you do that now before? Yes. Yeah. So don't be worried, Linda. Right, no. Yes. Yeah. Peter Johansson, the GP in this clip, is talking about running blood tests, doing scans. How how do you diagnose Alzheimer's? Well, the main thing is to characterize the memory problem or the other cognitive problems that may be there, uh, to actually figure out whether do we believe that here are changes uh, to cognition, including the memory, that are significant. That would be the main thing. And then, of course, that these symptoms can arise from many different diseases. So it is not a given that this is Alzheimer's disease just from the symptoms. Uh, it could be many other brain diseases, or it could be, as we just touched upon, uh, if uh, we are very stressed, our concentration and memory goes down. So it could be that, or it could be a frank depression, as depression also have cognitive symptoms. At a minimum, we need a brain scan of the structure of the brain. And that, of course, is to see whether uh, could there have been some ischemic episode, an infarct in the brain due to a blood cloth? Could it have been a small brain bleeding? Or could it have been a tumor in the brain? You never know that from the symptoms themselves. So that is the minimum standard, you could say, is to have the structural scan. Now, he refers to blood tests, and that is because you could have a If your thyroid function is lower, uh, which you can easily pick up in a blood test, then your memory will also be bad. So there are uh, numerous differentials to the diagnosis of uh, of Alzheimer's disease. But very important to know that you make the blood test in order to exclude other diagnoses. As it is right now, but uh, within the next four to five years, it is plausible that we will actually have a blood test that can in itself diagnose Alzheimer's disease. I also want to ask you, in this movie, now you can see that Linda, our main character, seems quite depressed. She's uh, rather pale. She seems much more insecure than she was in the first couple of of films where she was more uh, vivid and, and had, you know, color on her face. Is this a typical picture of, of a person, Is the, the progress of the disease lowering the mood like this? It is not the majority, but it, you could say it can be a typical feature. A lot of patients uh, with Alzheimer's disease will have depressive symptoms, although they do not fulfill the criteria for a depression as such. 
but some do respond very well to treatment. So that is definitely a, a thing that needs to be discussed uh, if there are depressive symptoms. But the majority of patients will not have depressive symptoms, actually. Actually, uh, Kim Lone was, in fact, diagnosed with a depression at first. How did that happen? We went through uh, first, let's say, session of, of uh, examinations and, and went through uh, both the, the MR and the, and, and the CT scan also. And, and exactly, tumor was uh, definitely also mentioned. So after a lot of tests, the conclusion was a non-typical depression. So this was uh, actually what we were diagnosed with, or Luna was, and, and this has been going on for over a year, running to all these different uh, examinations, and, and we were just tired, <laughs> worn out. So we said, okay, it doesn't fit at all. The, the bullet points you, you, you come with the, for, for a non-typical uh, depression, it didn't match the reality we saw, but we said, okay, we're exhausted. We'll leave it at that. And then we both were still having the, 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 this was a stress thing and therefore just slowing down. She was, uh, went down in, in, in hours at the work, working at actually at, at Novo Nordisk actually, and they were very understanding in, in how to help her in any ways. Uh, so we were just coming to the conclusion, okay, we'll, we'll take it quiet and we'll rebuild slowly. And, and, uh, We'll leave it with this. Uh, <laughs> was she treated for the depression that they thought she had at that point? She was given uh, some uh, sessions with a psychology or a psychiatrist, I think it was, and and it didn't work for her. It didn't bring her anything good, so she tried it out two or three times and said, okay, this doesn't uh, no, get me forward. No, she didn't have a depression. She had Alzheimer's no. disease, which you, uh, of yeah. course, didn't know at the time. No. Do uh, depression and Alzheimer's share the same symptoms, Peter? Yes. And uh, that's a problem. But again, uh, as I understand from Kim, then Luna had gone through quite a lot of investigations. So uh, it uh, basically, you could say it should have been on the mind of those specialists uh, to go further instead of stopping at that point would have been my guess. But of course, again, it uh, with the uh, young age of 48, then it is not a disease which is at top of the list. Uh, it's uh, in Luna's case, apparently not thought of at all because uh, it could have been kind of, you could say, looked at in the investigations that were done, but the focus was not there. Ida, you have observed quite uh, a few Alzheimer patients uh, in your PhD as, uh, as well as in your work in the Alzheimer Association. Do they seem depressed? I would say, um, well, of course, the reaction to getting the, the diagnosis causes some depressive feelings, but I, I can't say if they seem depressed. I, I think it's also, um, to some at least, they do communicate that it's also a kind of a relief uh, because you've been through first the the stressful period of, of realizing something is wrong. You go through the investigations uh, and then once you do get your... Uh, your diagnosis, then you know now, okay, now we have something to, you could say, work with or at least plan from uh, instead of being in a limbo where you have no idea or no clue as to what is this. And I, I do think that a lot will also, now you even mentioned tumor and and that is, of course, uh, something that people worry about. So it's also important to have this uh, clarification. As humans, I think it's uh, it's often easier for us to deal with complicated and stressful situations if we can put it into some kind of a reference and, and know what it is about, uh, even though it is a disease that cannot be cured. Mm -hmm. And Ida, 
when people receive this uh, this message, it's, it's very severe. How do you think the whole terminology on Alzheimer's disease affect uh, the patients? Well, I think it has a major effect on how you um, how you think of this disease, both as a caregiver and as the person getting the diagnosis, because there is this very strong discourse about dementia being linked to social death, you could say, as as a person slowly but surely withering away. There's these very, very um, picturesque descriptions of what it means to live with this disease. And, and some of it can be traced all the way back to Enlightenment philosophers saying that like the ability to think, I think, therefore I am, is, is really what makes you a, a full person. Um, it really touches upon some of our, at least in our part of the world, key assumption of what it means to be a person. And when you lose your cognitive capacity, your ability to explain yourself, tell who matters the most to you, tell your memories and your life story, then it affects how other people see you as a person or as a non-person. So, um, Kim, uh, we have mentioned before, it actually took two and a half years for Luna to uh, to get the diagnosis. So after one year, the diagnosis was uh, of a non-typical depression. How yes. long did it take before you went back and said, this is not working? I think it was, again, after coming back from a vacation, because uh, running the everyday life where everybody is doing everything and, and then you don't spent uh, 24 hours a day um, together then coming back from vacation where you you are really together all the time uh, it was obvious that okay we we have to get back to the doctor and and start over because uh, definitely there is something wrong uh, so this was a second round ending up with the diagnosis of alzheimer's before we talk about that i want to show you another clip from uh, from the films on the alzheimer's journey produced by novo nordisk at this point linda our main character is also at the doctor's office and she is getting her diagnosis uh, in this clip let's watch it so that compared to your blood tests and other tests we have uh, i have to tell you that it's most likely uh, alzheimer's disease Are, are you sure? Quite sure, yeah. So you say I have Alzheimer's? We, we have ruled out other causes for memory problems, so the scan results uh, is uh, pretty characteristic for that. It's a very characteristic picture of uh, <laughs> Alzheimer's brain. Unfortunately, it means that your memory will be worse in the coming years. All right. So can I ask, well, what, what does that mean um, you know, for us? For you, it means a different kind of life. For both of you, especially for Linda. Because Linda is not in a condition to live like you did before. Linda will need more support. Yeah. She will need uh, medicine, social care. We have some medicine we can give you that help a bit on the memory, but we have no cure, unfortunately. Can you take us back to the day that Luna was given this message? She she had a suspicion that this was the way that uh, things were pointing. I was not at all uh, there. So it was a less controlled situation than the movie we just saw now. Uh, Luna broke down completely. And I was just sitting uh, fairly numb, not knowing anything. We also at that time was in the beginning of a divorce. So the... 
challenges we had in that given situation was plenty. I think some has mentioned a black hole. I think that that was for everybody uh, just uh, yeah, the feeling right there, uh, not knowing how to move on from there. Of course, uh, you cannot get divorced at the same time with this disease. We have to to fix that. So, of course, that was um, also something that, okay, can we save the bits and pieces? The the whole uh, Alzheimer's Association uh, was very helpful also in, in guiding us uh, through that. What did they say to you? This was a um, straightforward talk. Uh, a lady, I, I called on, on the helpline and, and she said, Kim, it's very easy. It's very simple. You have two ways. You can bite the bullet. You can stay, you can stick it out, and then you, at a stage, can do a parallel life to this marriage. Or you take the consequences now, and you divorce, you split, for her to be able to get a new life, new routines, which is surely for Alzheimer's uh, patient uh, very important. So these are the two ways. It's not an easy choice, but this is what you have to do. And And for me, again... <laughs> The choice was, um, it sounds awful, but it was simple in the matter that if I stayed, I would collapse. I would be the one with the depression. I would not be able to be there for the children to take them through this. Uh, we knew what was ahead. And I would also not be able to be there for Lona because this is what I promised both her, the family, the kids. And I would be there and, and I am today. And... Um, This I would not have been able to do if I was stayed. So, of course, the worst decision to make ever. Uh, very, very difficult and, and uh, very, very difficult to tell the kids, of course, also. Because going into that room, explaining that, the result could be you are the worst person in their life. We will never see you again. So this is uh, obviously... An extreme situation. When you say Luna completely broke down, what did she do? I think she had a, a feeling that her life was over. Being scared, of course. What is the future? What will it bring? So um, chaos, uh, uncertainty, fear, everything. Did you have the strength to to comfort her that time, or? Yes. Uh, no. <laughs> She's tough, definitely, uh, and has been handling this uh, fantastically uh, through the whole process. And and we have this motto that we uh, collect good days, and a good day is a good day, and that it will be a lot of bad days. But we try to to skip those and just focus on on the good ones. How did your children react in the in the time that followed? Fairly good, I think, because they, they understood that we were going to go through this as a family, even though we're not going to be man and wife, uh, but but we are going to focus on, and on solving this, going through this as a family. Um, I think that the, the whole one step at a time, this this was the philosophy and, and how we reacted. Peter, in, in the movie, the consultation with the doctor seems uh, rather short. In reality, a consult like this would probably take a lot longer, I assume. How do you deliver a message that is so severe? I think it is important to, first of all, deliver the message about the investigations that's been going on, and then uh, stating that this is a disease. For most people, uh, if you're older, then many people will uh, 
kind of relate to this as this is normal aging. So it is an important point to understand, no, this is not normal aging. This is a disease and it has a name and it's Alzheimer's disease. Uh, and the reactions can be very, very different. In Lorna's case now, she is a very young patient. Uh, she already had a hint herself and therefore she gets this kind of confirmation which kind of throws her uh, world upside down. If you are 85 and the main problem is your memory, uh, then often people do not have that kind of insight that, that Luna definitely had. So, so every case is different, uh, but it is also about having a longer uh, conversation about it. And normally I'd say it, you'd spend half an hour or an hour and uh, the clinical practice where I came from, there would also be uh, nurses to follow up on afterwards. And, and then I think it's important that you actually have a fixed point to follow up and some material to get in contact with the support groups such as the Alzheimer's Association so that you don't leave, uh, even though it feels like a black hole you fall into, but that you actually know where is the ladder to get out of that black hole and to follow up actively from uh, from the professionals so that you don't feel left alone? So in, in Luna's case, obviously, it's it's a life-changing situation, not only because of the Alzheimer, but also because of a divorce. But, but even without the divorce, it is life-changing to have this uh, diagnose. How do you address the fear that follows with that, the fear of not being able to recognize your children, um, not knowing who you are? Did you talk about that with the patients at all? Yeah, the the main thing is not to take away hope. Uh, and this is not specifically for Alzheimer's disease. That goes for any, uh, you could say, life-threatening disease or diagnosis. But uh, is there hope? There's always hope. The hope is, of course, that you are one of the lucky ones where it doesn't progress very fast, but progresses very slowly. And there are cases uh, it can be for some people a years before you get the next symptoms and and that might be the case for you. And then there are medication already now uh, out there that can help you symptoms. And hopefully there will also be medication within a couple of years, maybe that could actually uh, kind of slow down the disease or stop the progression of the disease. Ida, how, how do you address the fear that people come to you with at the Alzheimer's Association when they have been diagnosed? I think what is really important what from, from my PhD project is this, this point of getting your diagnosis and this point of shock and black hole and desperation. It stands very clear in the memory of, of many of the people with Alzheimer's um, as really a, a total letdown of, uh, of all the things that you're not able to do anymore. And that's really a tough starting point for a life with a diagnosis. So in the Danish Alzheimer's Association, there's a lot of work focusing on what can you still do? You have to live your life. You have to continue. You have children. You have a husband and friends who depend on you. What can you still do? And, and how can you still be part of the, the life that you're living, even though things are changing? And in, in your case, Luna, and you had to work out a way that uh, the kids could stay with her half the time and with you half the time. And that whole coping process and living with the disease is what we're uh, going to focus on in uh, the next episode of our podcasts here. I want to thank the three of you for uh, coming here today and, and sharing your uh, feelings and your experience and your knowledge. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.